Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for joining us once again. Um, uh, I'm going to read from Ephesians chapter 113. When we spoke about, uh, we had a two-part um, series on here uh, not too long ago, Do You Know You? We talked about how your body responds to your spirit, that you're a spirit being first. The, the verse that I ended on was this verse, Ephesians 1.13. I'm going to open it up in a bit of a different way so we can understand um, our responsibility as Christians. Ephesians 1.13 says, In whom you also trusted after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that you believed you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. You know, for us as believers, when we get born again at salvation, we are fully born again, not half born again, not a quarter born again, not becoming born again. We've been given eternal life. You don't earn eternal life. It's a gift from God, right? So that's why uh, a newborn Christian, right? Uh, Someone who's born again, if they died or if the rapture happened 10 seconds after someone got born again, they would go to heaven. It's because it's not a progressive work. You are a child of God. In an instant, you get translated from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5 that um, you're a new creature in Christ Jesus. That happens instantaneously. It's not a progressive work. And so your, your spirit is actually sealed at that moment. Your spirit is perfect before God. That's why we can, without hesitation, have confidence before God is because when uh, it's based on what he did, our righteousness is not based on us. It's on, it's on what he did. So that happens. But then why do we use the language, you know, growing up? You know, we use the language of uh, growing as Christians. It's because there there is something that's our part, and there is part of Christianity that is progressive. So what we first need to understand is that salvation is not progressive in the sense of the word. You were made righteous in an instant. You don't become righteous. You are righteous. It's who you are. You were born again, right? You don't get born progressively. You grow up progressively, but you're born in a moment. When my son comes in the next few weeks, there'll be a moment and I'll be able to look and say, hey, at, at, at 9.24 a.m. on this day, you know, little Luke was born. It's an, it's, a, it's an event that takes place. The day you got born again is a day to remember because it was something that it was when you changed <clears throat> you changed natures. You went from a child of the devil to a child of God. But the Bible does say, does talk about growth. So the first scripture is Second Peter um, chapter 3 and verse 18. And it says, uh, it says here, where is it? Second Peter 3, 18. But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and uh, and forever. So although we're born again, there is a there is a time of growth. One of the first things, if you're taking notes, the first things that we grow in is we grow in grace. We grow in grace. What is grace? If you look at every epistle, if you look at Second Peter, First Peter, Ephesians, Galatians, Colossians, Thessalonians, Timothy, almost in every one of them, <clears throat> if not every one, at the beginning and at the end, there's the statement grace and peace be multiplied unto you. If anything we know to be important, it's grace and peace. Grace is God's equipping on the inside of us to get done what he's called us to do. So if you are going to go to battle and and your your 
commanding officer sent you into battle and said, hey, it's your job to take out this post here. There's going to be three men, and it's your job to take those three men out. You would expect him to give you weaponry to do it. You wouldn't. He wouldn't send you out with a spoon, right? You would expect him to come with something like a weapon, to give you a gun, to give you the equipment needed. And so grace is God's equipping, God's equipment for you to get the job done. God will grace me to preach the gospel. God graces you to be in business, right? So there's grace. The Bible says God is able financially, God is able to make all grace abound unto you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may abound unto every good work. We've done we've done podcasts before on the subject of grace. Paul said, by the grace of God, I am what I am. He said, I labored harder than, more abundantly than all of them, but it wasn't me, it was the grace of God within me. So there's a anointing on the inside of you, a grace. And so we grow in that grace, right? You access grace. The Bible says that you access grace through faith, Grace is given to those who are humble and but not to the proud, right? So there's ways we access it. The next thing we do is we grow in knowledge. That verse in Second Peter chapter three says, "Grow in grace and go and grow in knowledge." Really, the Bible actually says that we grow in grace through the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Our main text is Second Peter chapter one, and then verse. Um, uh, I'll start at verse one. Uh, so we see here this this really this recipe for being, um, uh, for growth in the Lord. So it says, um, to those who have obtained a faith of equal standing with ours by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. So that righteousness was given to us by God. May grace and peace be multiplied to you. What, how? In the knowledge of God and of Jesus, our Lord. The only way that knowledge isn't, that, that grace is increased is by knowing God. What do I mean? As you get to know God, hey, when I read the scripture that God said, that God said that he, beloved, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health, even as my soul prospers. When I realized about God, that he actually wasn't withholding prosperity from me, that it's his will that I prosper. There's a grace that comes along with that. Hey, when I understand that I can lay hands on the sick, that's a grace that I'm growing in, but it's through knowledge. And so we grow through knowledge. We go through grace. We grow in even understanding right? Um, We grow in faith. The Bible says faith comes by hearing. You making a place in your morning for this podcast, every, almost every podcast is going to have multiple scriptures. Uh, If we go back, I'd be surprised if you could find one or two podcasts that didn't have a single scripture in there. Maybe they're in there, but they'll be hard to find. As As you make the word of God a priority, you grow in faith. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. So as you make uh, the word of God your priority, there's a growth that takes place, a growth in faith that takes place that makes it that you can please God. Um, And so that's uh, part of the process. Um, 2 Peter 1, I'm going to keep reading here, verse 3 says, His divine power has granted to unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. This is an interesting scripture. There's so much packed in there. But God's power has given to us already all things that pertain to life and godliness. So by the fact that we're given salvation, there's nothing more that we're waiting for from God's perspective. He's given everything to us, but it's through the knowledge of him. So the only way that we access those things is through getting to know Jesus Christ. Verse 4, by which he has granted to us 
precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. And then it says, for this reason, make every effort. And he goes down this list, and I'm going to read it through quickly, and then I'm going to break it down. For this reason, make every effort. So this is us. Oh, what do I do now that I'm a Christian? Here we go. Make every effort for this, right? Um, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue. So number one, we have faith. Number two, virtue. Virtue with knowledge. Knowledge with self-control. Self-control with steadfastness. Steadfastness with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection. And brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, which is up to us, right? Because he told us to make every effort. They, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he's blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Brethren, therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fail. For in this way, they will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Man, what an important passage of scripture. Be diligent. To do whatever it takes, if you're diligent in these things, right? God is giving us a key to not being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge. So let's begin to break these down because sometimes the words can just um, pass us by here. So it says, supplement your faith with virtue. And so the first thing we see is faith. We, we need to be putting the word of God in our heart. It's the only way we receive faith. But it says, supplement with your faith virtue. I, I, I study from, there's a guy named Matthew Henry. He's passed away a long time ago, but he has a con- complete uh, kind of walk through um, a whole, con- not concordance, but whole um, commentary on the Bible. And so I'm going to read some excerpts of here. It says, knowledge of God and faith in him are the channel whereby all spiritual supports and comforts are conveyed to us. But then we must own and acknowledge God as the author of our effectual calling. Those who will make any progress in religion, he's saying religion in a good sense of the word, not the bad sense, must be very diligent and industrious in their endeavors. Without giving all diligence, there's no gaining any ground in the work of holiness. Those who are slothful in the business of religion will make nothing of it. We must strive if he will enter in at the straight gate. We're seeing that there's something that's left to our part to be wholehearted about the gospel, to be wholehearted about progressing in the faith. And then it says here, when he talks about virtue, he says, by virtue here, we may understand strength and courage. A cowardly Christian who is afraid to profess the doctrines or practice the duties of the gospel must expect that Christ will be ashamed of him another day. Let not your hearts fail you in the evil day, but show yourselves valiant in standing against all opposition and resisting every enemy, world, flesh, devil, yes, and death too. We have need of virtue that while we live that while we live, and it will be of excellent use when we come to die. God's called us to be courageous Christians. Add to your faith virtue or add to your faith strength and courage. Be courageous. Be willing to stand up for what you believe. If someone at work doesn't believe what you believe, be willing to stand up for the things of God. God promises us persecution. Be willing to stand up and say, hey, I'm a Christian and I'm not ashamed of it. I belong to God Almighty and I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe in the rapture of the church. Be willing to stand up for it. Um, we cannot approve of the good and the acceptable and the perfect will of God till we know it. Every believer must labor after the knowledge and wisdom that are profitable to doctrine. And then it says we must add to our temperance, temperance. Um, so it says, uh, we must add to our faith, virtue and virtue with knowledge and knowledge with self-control 
and self-control with steadfastness. So we add temperance to our knowledge, or temperance, which is um, what he's saying there. We must be sober and moderate in our love to and use of the good things of this life. I really like this. I enjoyed the way he put this. If we have a right understanding and knowledge of outward comforts, we shall see that their worth and usefulness are vastly inferior to those of spiritual mercies. Bodily exercises and bodily privileges profit but little and therefore are to be esteemed and used accordingly. Titus 2.12 says, It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions, and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. We must be moderate in desiring and using the good things of natural life, such as meat, drink, clothes, sleep, recreations, and credit. An inordinate desire after these is inconsistent with an earnest desire after God and Christ. And those who take more of, of these than is due can render to neither God nor man what is due to them. If there's something in your life that hogs most of your time, that's where temperance comes in, where you say, man, I need to be temperate in these things. If I'm going to be a person who seeks first the kingdom of God, I can't be a person who plays video games uh, eight hours a day on my day off, right? Barely spend any time in the word. That's not exercising temperance. Temperance is you saying, I understand that I'm a man under authority. I don't belong to myself. I've been bought with a price. So add to your temperance patience, which must have its perfect work, or we cannot be perfect and entire wanting nothing. For we are born to trouble and must through many tribulations enter into the kingdom of heaven. And it is this tribulation which works patience. Patience is really having a good attitude and not complaining against God. And then it says we add to that godliness, which godliness is really our actions produced by the awareness of our righteousness, the difference between godliness and righteousness. And I hope this isn't, maybe you need to listen back to this because I know this will help you. We're righteous. And so we know we're not sinners. I'm no longer a sinner. I'm righteous. But godliness is my actions that follow those things up. So we, so we bring our actions in line with the word of God. We must add brotherly kindness a tender affection to all our fellow Christians who are children of the same father, servants of the same master, members of the same family, travelers to the same country, and heirs of the same inheritance, and therefore are to be loved with a pure heart fervently, with the love of complacency as those who are peculiarly near and dear to us, in whom we take particular delight. Upon a spiritual account, Christians are distinguished and dignified above those who are without Christ, yet they are to sympathize with others in their calamities and, and relieve their necessities, promote their wealth, welfare both in body and soul as they have opportunity. Thus must all believers in Christ evidence that they, have, that they are the children of God who is good to all. God has a plan for us in growing in him. And the Bible talks about us being diligent, you adding faith. And then when you have faith, add courage. And when you have, uh, when you're growing in courage, add knowledge, add knowledge of Jesus Christ. Have spend time in prayer with him to your knowledge. Add, you know, it goes down the list and begins to tell us where we go from, from there. And it's a, it's a recipe for us for growth. Yes, we're born again. Yes, I'm sealed. Yes, I have peace with God. But there's my responsibility. I've added to my virtue, to my knowledge, self-control or temperance, and to self-control steadfastness with godliness, and godliness, brother of brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. And so as these qualities are mine and are increasing, they'll keep me from being ineffective, ineffective and unfruitful. God wants all of us to bear fruit. Ask God, Lord, let the fruit of the Spirit be, be present in my life. Let, let your word be first place in my life. Let me be temperate in the way that I act, 
in, in my, let me have balance. Let me put the word of God first and see what God will do for you. You're called to prosper. You're called to progress. You're called to take ground. As you commit yourself 100% to being a person who bears fruit, you'll see it happen this year and leading into next. I love you. We'll see you next time on the podcast. Be blessed. Yeah.